Welcome to the podcast, In and Through Exist, to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. I'm Tim. And I'm Marshall. Hey, Marshall. Hey, Tim. We were just here yesterday. We were. Playing some catch-up. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> yep, playing the catch-up game. That's okay. It feels good, though. I like the podcast. I do. I enjoy it. I could I could do a podcast every day. Yeah? Yeah. You don't think it would get old? What are you saying it would? I don't know. We wouldn't know until we do it. I guess there's some people who do podcasts every day. There's a lot of sports podcasts that are just like daily. Yeah. I don't have time to do it every day. No. No, neither do I. But I got time to do it today. Yes, you do. Question number 41. What is the Lord's Prayer? All right. How does this go wrong? (laughs) First, why is it important? Why is it important? Well, because when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray or how should we pray? Jesus says, pray like this. That makes it important. Yeah. I mean, it's right. a direct answer like from Jesus to the question, how should we pray? Right. So for that reason, it's important. So a lot of what we talked about yesterday or last week's episode mm-hmm. is answered by Jesus in the Lord's Prayer. It is. That makes it more important than last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. This is a bit no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then how does it go wrong? I mean, you would think it's a written prayer. It's right there in front of us. What could go wrong? Well, Tim, as a former student of the Catholic school system, let me tell you that this was essentially the only prayer that was ever prayed on a regular basis uh, in that building. So... Every morning was National Anthem and the Lord's Prayer. And uh, up until high school, where I was kind of in a a school that was both an English and French school combined, uh, we did it in French. Ah, let's hear it. Ooh, okay. Uh, Let me see. How's that for on the spot? I'm going back. Okay, Uh, notre Père qui est aux cieux, que ton nom soit sanctifié, que ton règne vienne, que ton volonté soit faite sur la terre comme au ciel. Donnez-nous aujourd'hui notre pain de ce jour. Et pardonnons-nous nos offenses, comme nous pardonnons aussi ceux qui nous ont offensés. Oh, man. What's the lead is not in temptation part? Ah, I got, that's all I got. You tried. I tried, man. Can you do the Star-Spangled Banner in uh, French? <laughs> I don't think it exists. Because you said you did the National Anthem. <laughs> oh. The National Anthem oh. and the prayer. Oh. No, we did not do the Star-Spangled Banner in French. Do you think it exists? Is there a Spanish one? Uh, no. No? No. I don't know. Sometimes sometimes US of A is down with Spanish. I don't know. I don't know yeah. how it works down there. No, that's a pretty new development, I think. Yeah. So anyways, but going back, now that I've, you know, shown off my French skills, but also failed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the prayer. That was just, that was the prayer. Right. Are we going to say the prayer? That's the prayer. Apart from that, there was um, like Hail Marys or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't do. Because my dad was Protestant. My dad was like, don't you be saying no Hail Marys. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but uh, that, that was essentially it. Those are, the two, those are the two in there. So you got one that's directly from Scripture and one that's directly contrary to Scripture. Right. So, you know. It, it, but it, it is a thing. It is. The yeah. people look at it and they say, if Jesus said pray like this, then that's how we pray. Yeah. 
That's the only way we pray. Mm-hmm. Is that what Jesus meant? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in short, no. <laughs> short answer. So last time, I I kind of got on the uh, the catechism for giving a non-answer. Right. I I think I think this section was written like during a busy week or a bad time, because I, I kind of feel like. This is a bit of a non-answer. Mm. All they did was copy paste the Lord's Prayer. They did. They <laughs> totally did. <laughs> Which seems. What is the Lord's Prayer? It's this. <laughs> there it is. Which doesn't tell us what it is. It tells us what it says. Yeah. 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 I mean, we all have busy weeks. <laughs> I feel like I feel like they kind of mailed this one in a little bit. I feel like the last two were mailed in. Yeah. I don't even mean like express mail with a tracking number. Just like slap a stamp on it. We'll see what happens. I feel I feel a little bit like they really wanted to make sure prayer was a big deal in the catechism. So they mm-hmm. kind of like stretched it out a little ways. Maybe maybe two episodes too far. Yeah, <laughs> Episodes ma- as if they were <laughs> considering episodes. <laughs> two questions too far. Maybe. maybe. But you got to feel 52. That's Because <laughs> it's also based on a year. So. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I think, yeah. So, to summarize, I think that the way you can go wrong is if it's your own, the only prayer you pray. I think mm-hmm. you can also go wrong by not giving it any attention at all. Okay. Right? Yep. Right? I think it is a significant example, significant source of um, direction and, and uh, inspiration, as we were chatting about last week. Um, so, it's not something to be neglected. Um, I mean, not that any the words of Christ or the words of scripture for that matter should be mm-hmm. neglected. But um, I think there's, it's a significant passage worthy of attention and study. Yeah. And I think the way that we study it, the way that we model it is to divide it up into its parts. Yep. Understand why those parts exist. Mm-hmm. What are the, what are the things being said? Not, not the words being said, but what is, what is the message mm-hmm. being said? Um, and, Ask myself the question, do I pray in these ways, mm-hmm. according to these themes? Mm-hmm. Not all of them in every prayer is a necessity. Not like you skip one of them and all of a sudden just whatever you just did right. was not prayer. You forgot to pray for your daily bread. What are you doing? Right. You left <laughs> out Which is one of the things, one of the only things we pray for. <laughs> when we when we find ourselves shorting prayer, it usually ends up with the hallowed be your name. Mm. Um but but yeah, dividing these up and saying these are things that should exist in my prayer life. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, why don't we why don't we do just that? Let's just let's break it down into small little pieces, spend a couple minutes on each one, and that should uh, get us to where we need to be. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. We, let's pull that apart. <laughs> pull that apart. All right. Uh, first, that Jesus called God his father was upsetting to a lot of the Jewish leaders. Mm-hmm. And they would say things like, how can you do that? Because calling him your, in calling him your father, you're equating yourself. Mm. Right? It is a dangerous thing. God in the Old Testament calls his people his children. But no one in the Old Testament 
calls God Father. Mm. Jesus does it, upsets the apple cart. How does he teach us to pray? First thing he tells them to do, start off by saying, Our Father. Our Father, yeah. That thing that I'm doing, you do it too. Mm -hmm. Which I would think at this point, you got 12 guys listening to this going... I don't know if I'm going to say that. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that would that was something that we've become very accustomed to, very familiar with, mm-hmm. uh, because we've got 2,000 years of practice and desensitization mm-hmm. to the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the day, that would have been, been a thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, our Father in heaven just a reminder where, where he's at, right? This idea of being in heaven, not, not the emphasis being on he's in another place, but he's in, he's in the place above all places. Where he is located is mm-hmm. significant, right? right? As he directs the universe from his heavenly throne. Hallowed be your name. Mm. Um, and I always want to say thy name because that's the, what I grew up saying once the school started doing the prayer in English. But uh, hallowed be your name. I mean... This, the hallowing or the glorification, the uh, worship of the name of God is huge. Right. Um, everything exists to glorify him. Mm-hmm. Right. We want his name to be known, his name to be lifted up uh, amongst ourselves and, and in the entire world. Right. And, and when we say name... And when the Bible uses name here, they're not talking about the collection of syllables that mm-hmm. identify a person mm-hmm. apart from another person. They're talking about the authorities and personalities that belong to a being, mm-hmm. right? The the very presence, the essence of God and mm-hmm. all of the authorities, everything that is wrapped up in the name of God, mm-hmm. everything represented by that name, mm-hmm. hallowed made holy, set apart, above all else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so last week we talked about the importance of humbling ourselves and our requests, right? And, and I, I said one of the tests you can do to ask if you're praying in the right way is to ask yourself, am I able to say, here's my request, but whatever you decide. Mm-hmm. If not, no big deal. Right. When Jesus teaches us to pray, he's teaching us from the beginning to pray that way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Your name is set apart and holy. Mm-hmm. What, whatever I got to say that follows, may your name be made holy. Yeah. Yeah, and the next section ties in with that, that same right. kind of idea, right? Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? So we can we can kind of... The, the two, God's kingdom and, and his will are, are related, but I think they're different expressions that kind of add different flavors and nuance to, to what is being said here. God's reign over his creation. Um, like God is, is the Lord of all creation, but when Christ arrives and the kingdom of heaven is at hand, um, it's being established, not yet consummated. Mm-hmm. So in this time between... Christ's first coming and his second, his, his kingdom is coming, but we, so we want that to be established here and now progressively, but we also look ahead to 
the day when it will be finalized, cemented, and and permanently perfected. Yeah, I I press a lot on person and purpose. The only way to truly know God is to understand his person and his purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way you can worship him well, Mm -hmm. to know who he is and what he's about. Mm -hmm. And then we should be about those things. Mm -hmm. That his name would be made holy and set apart is his personage and the establishment of his kingdom amongst his creation as it is in heaven, which means apart from sin, restored to its glory is his purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, So essentially Jesus is saying, pray to your father according to his person and purpose, Mm -hmm. that they would come to be and be known as they should be. Mm -hmm. And if we think about how God's will is done in heaven, be perfectly, right? Like when God commands the angels, they they do what... There's no pushback. There's nothing, right? It just, it happens. Um, and we should be praying that that would be true here on earth. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, there's a, you know, a, a here and now and a future aspect to it. We understand that that will not happen perfectly until everything is restored. But we should still want to see that happen progressively right. now. Right. Right. We want his will to be done here. Right. And again, not only just in ourselves, we should want his will to be done on other stages as well. We want his will to be done in, you know, in our communities. We want to see his will be done in, you know, in and among our politicians, every, every kind of arena of life. We, we want to be praying that his will is done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. So our fatherhood, I can't do this. When I, I memorize something in a translation and then I try to read it in another translation. You're going to say who the, art in heaven? The brain takes over <laughs> and I just can't. It's okay. I I started, I, I started memorizing and reading scripture as a kid in the King James Version mm. because I was born in the 1600s as well. <laughs> I'm almost old enough to start making jokes like that. Hey, if John the Baptist read the King James Bible, then it's good enough, it's good for, enough me. for me. <laughs> and then, and then in high school, I switched to the NIV. Okay, ooh, rebel. And that was some uh, the eighty-seven. <laughs> Just kidding. And that was some really formative year, mm. formative period for me, beginning of my ministry and all that kind of stuff. And then about twenty. 11, switched over to the ESV. 2011, eh? Interesting. And, uh, coincidentally. <laughs> and and so these things just end up jumbled in my head mm. to the point that I just can't even see the words on the page. Or in this case, the screen. <laughs> and I just can't read. It's and a- I, just, I, I fall stupid in front of people trying to read a sermon or the Bible during a sermon. I just lose it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is is in heaven. All of that section, worship. Mm. Yeah. First and foremost, worship. Mm -hmm. I think God understands how slow we are as creatures. And a lot of times he takes the most important thing and puts it first. Mm -hmm. Right? Like the Ten Commandments, 
throw the number one commandment, put it in the number one spot. Yep. Why? Because they may not remember what comes after that. Mm-hmm. And that one sort of covers all the ones that come after that. Right. Right? He begins here with worship. Yet, the part of our prayer, I think, that lacks the most is worship. Mm-hmm. We fly into petition. Mm-hmm which is the next section, Mm -hmm. but we should linger in worship and, and sometimes make that the whole prayer. Sure. Give us today our daily bread. We have some available in the uh, foyer. If you want to come by and grab one, (laughs) big stacks of those daily stacks of them. (laughs) We before COVID, we ran out of them all the time. Yeah, now we got stacks laying around everywhere. It's almost like Jesus was being prophetic about uh, the publication of the (laughs) publication of daily devotional magazines, (laughs) quarterly daily devotional. That's right. That's right. Give us today our daily bread. I I always find this interesting and maybe a little bit jarring for us in kind of modern Western democracies. Uh, We don't really consider our daily bread as a need that needs to be asked for all that often. I mean, oftentimes we find ourselves thanking him for our daily bread. Perhaps we're praying during a meal or something like that. But but (laughs) the idea that, that people will be praying for the bread that they need that day. Um, and I think it's because, I mean, in a literal sense, sure, it, the word is bread. But I think it's, it's talking about the things that we need each day. And those things are not necessarily just material needs. Those can be spiritual needs as well, I think. Um, the things that we need from him to carry us through the day. Um, so I think it, it goes beyond just being thankful for food. Um, it's bigger than that. It's not less than that, but it's right. more than that. And and specifically, he's not he's not pleading for abundance. He's saying, "Give me what I need." Mm-hmm. It reminds me of uh, Proverbs chapter thirty, the sayings of Agur, where in verse seven he says, two things I ask of you, Lord: do not refuse me before I die; keep falsehood and lies far from me." Number one. Number two. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Hmm. And I, th- I think that's a, an interesting thing to keep in mind when we pray for our daily bread, right? Neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal, steal and dishonor the name of my God. Hmm. What a great way to go about asking for provision from your provider. Mm. Isn't it, and maybe you don't see it the same way, but I've reflected on this, how heartbreaking it is that the abundance that we have in this society, that is in part due to um, many of kind of Western societies being founded on at least loosely biblical principles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this idea that like we care for the poor, right? right. Like that's right. a thing, right? Contrary to what, you know, a revisionist want to say or what our critics want to say. I mean, we, we take better 
care of our poor here than anywhere else, right? And like that's just one example, but all of these kind of values on which our societies have been founded, um, but it has created so much prosperity mm-hmm. that people have done exactly what what that verse said. They've they've just who is God, right? I don't need God. I've got everything I need. I got me here. Yeah, I got me here, right? And it's it's tragic, really. Nebuchadnezzar said that. Mm-hmm. And he got turned into a wolf bird man cow thing. thing. Yeah. He got humbled. Be careful. He got humbled. And when he came out of it, the first thing he said was, don't ask questions about God. Yeah. Don't, don't challenge him. Don't call him out. Who can say to him, what have you done? Mm-hmm. All right, so give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. There's a modifier on that. There is. It's more than a prayer for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. There's the modifier that says, do this thing for me that I am doing for other people in that way. Which might cause us to pause. Should cause us to pause. And say, is that how I want God to forgive me? (laughs) Or, maybe I need to do a bit of this myself. All kinds of parables on this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's the, what's the, what's the really meaningful one? Well, the master who goes away and he's got the, uh, the servant or who there's the debt that's owed or right. whatever, right? Right. The debt that's owed to the servant, the yeah. small debt. Yeah. The small or the, debt. The large debt and he forgives him. Yeah. And then on his way out, he bumps into a guy who owes him a buck. Right. And yeah. He's like, Hey, remember that time I took you to McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> Throws him in debtor prison. Yeah. He says, yeah. you can't come out until you've paid back every penny. Yeah. King hears about it. And says, really? Mickey D's, huh? <laughs> and I bought you a house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's uh yeah, I think that's it's it's jarring. Uh and it and it ought to be, I think. Um the expectation, I think as Christ is giving this model, it's almost like Right, ask for forgiveness, just as you guys are forgiving those who wronged you. Right? Yeah, there's there's a right, guys. There's a lesson in it. It's, yeah. it's not just a prayer of mm-hmm. petition. It's mm-hmm. a prayer of petition with a reminder. Yeah, a healthy one. Mm-hmm. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or the evil one. Ooh, depending on where you read this. Right. I always go with evil Mm -hmm. just because in my mind it encompasses the evil one. Mm -hmm. I have heard people make the argument, we go with the evil one because evil comes from him. I think that denies the internal tendency to sin. Mm. And I also want to be delivered from, you know what? I want to be delivered from myself more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the evil Because one. I come at me more than anyone. Yep, agreed. Um, and, and neither one of them are wrong. Both of them are in Scripture. Mm-hmm. But when people memorize it, when people say it, which one do you go with? 
I tend to this way. Yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, it's it's broad. I mean, we understand that, like, ultimately, um, ultimately, I mean, there the evil one is influences us or tempts us towards evil. Um, but as we've discussed before, um, he just gives us the opportunity. He just dangles in front of our face that the real, the real source of evil is our own broken, sinful hearts. Mm-hmm. Right, our own doubt of God and His way and His will. Right. What does it mean if James says, "Whenever you are tempted, let no one say it is God that is tempting me," mm-hmm. because He cannot be tempted by sins, and He Himself tempts no one. Mm-hmm. What does it mean then to ask God not to lead you into temptation? Hmm. That's a tricky question, but I'm going to take a stab at it, Tim, and then you can tell me if Poke I'm away. wrong. I'm going to say God is not the one who tempts us. Those temptations, you know, are, are come from, from within or from the enemy. Ultimately, um, though, God can shield us from temptation, mm-hmm. right, in such a way that those things come less frequently or not at times where we're most vulnerable. So I think it's fair to say, God, guard me from temptation. Understanding that God's not the one who's directly tempting us, but he has the power to shield us from those things. So that's the way I understand that, to, to what I understand it to mean. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. And I, I think there's a good portion of that that I would roll with. Um, the truth is, temptation is within me, mm-hmm. and temptation is all around me. God directing my path, praying to him, God, I recognize my weakness. As you direct my path, direct me on a path that would give me strength to honor you and not cause me to stumble. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I, I, I don't think it means we pray to God, God, I never want to be tempted again. <laughs> right he's very clear in that same passage in james that temptation is how we grow being tested right whenever you're tempted whenever you're tested mm-hmm. um, consider it all joy um, but to say as i follow you and as you lead me god know that i'm weak and lead me away from temptation mm-hmm. and when i stumble deliver me mm-hmm. right it's it's a twofold prayer on the same thing. God help me prevent stumbling and when I stumble carry me. Yeah. And it's an acknowledgement of our absolute dependence. Yeah. Right? So the first half is worship. The second half is provision. Physical the, the second one is divided into two. Physical provision. Mhm and spiritual provision. So we have three parts, two halves, the second one's divided. Hmm. Actually, you say the first two are divided. The first one's divided as well. The recognition of the holiness of God and the request that his redemptive work would be known. Hmm. Right? Um, So God is holy and set apart. We need to acknowledge that. 
He has a plan that is unfolding in this world, and we long for that above all else. Hmm. He is our provider. God provide for me what I need. And he is our protector. God keep me and deliver me. And those are, in my mind, the major themes of the Lord's Prayer. Mm -hmm. And we should use those themes in our own prayer. Yep. Sometimes, sometimes I pray one of, I, I don't I don't sit back and be like, what are the four themes of the Lord's Did Prayer? Did I check all the boxes this time? Right. Yeah. But but it is good to go back and look at the boxes and remind yourself and be like, hey, you know what? I'm not praying for that. Mm-hmm. That one has fallen off my radar. It's good to go back and do a check like that. Mm-hmm. And, and there are times when I'll pray prayers, it'll be one of the subcategories here, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and that's the entire prayer. The, the point is not every individual prayer needs. The point is these are the things that we come to God with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything more? All right. Well, thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by the Alex Walker. Take care. See you next time. <laughs>